Thanks so much for joining us for Faith in Four Letter Words, where we take an unapologetically real look at surviving the boys' club, motherhood, and perfect poly, all while living in a glass fishbowl. I'm Amanda Goodman. And I'm Tara Thomas. We hate to bore you with more COVID talk because I know some of you are trying to do everything you possibly can to probably not read or see or get a tweet or text or anything more about it. However, we can't escape the fact that it's still very much a part of our world and the pandemic perseveres into 2021. I mean, when we had New Year's Eve and in my case, went to bed at 9 p.m. and hit that reset button, it did not take away all the things that unfortunately have been a continuation. And in my case, I was celebrating New Year's Eve having recovered from a positive COVID case. And I mean, you were you were struggling. You, I mean, you got affected. You were not one of the people who had it, who had no or mild symptoms. No. And I, for all of you listening who personally have had a battle with COVID that you survived, you know, fortunately, or know a loved one that went through COVID and had to experience so many of the symptoms that are all over the place, you will concur. It's very frustrating when you are around these people. And we all know these people who say things like, oh yeah, I just had a runny nose and I tested positive. And, and, you know, I didn't even, I didn't even know I had it because I just felt great, you know? And it's like, good for you because many of us, including me, did not have that similar easy run with COVID. I had a 14 day stretch of being sick that started on Wednesday, December 16th, I believe it was. And this is the crazy part that I have to be honest about. And many people will will relate to this. Nine months in, right? Because it started for us in March. Nine months in, I was still following the guidelines. I have strict protocols at work and I've been back in the office since the middle of June. But Amanda, I was in some ways letting my guard down. And the week that I ended up being diagnosed with COVID, so it was, yeah, in the middle of December, on Tuesday, December 15th, and and I don't mean to laugh about it to make light of it, I'm admitting that I was wrong to do this. I called a friend, a coworker, and said, because I was in one of my feel sorry for myself, let's eat my feelings modes. And I said, come go to a Mexican restaurant with me. And I think I, oh yeah, I had even asked you Mm -hmm. to go to lunch with me on that day. And you said, no, I can't make it work. And one of my coworkers said, hey, I can go with you to lunch. And we had not gone, in this case, she and I had not gone to lunch for months. And we went to a Mexican restaurant and for an hour sat across from one another in a booth with our masks off. That night, I go to one of Charlotte's basketball games. I sat next to a pregnant woman who is the wife of one of Charlotte's former coaches. And when we were talking less than six feet away, I even pulled down my mask, Amanda, some of the time Mm. so she could see my lips. And she had her mask on, but I was wrong to do that. And my husband was like, what are you doing? You should not have been sitting, you know, so close to her. Well, the point of all this is to say at that time, I had no inkling that I probably was contagious because the following day on Wednesday, the 16th, so began in the afternoon, my body aches and a dry cough that led to on Thursday, December 17th, 
the sickest I have been in years. I was so sick. I was in bed. I could not get comfortable. I had chills. I had the body aches and sweat, and I had a bad fever, and it culminated with me getting tested. And then 48 hours later, I found out that I did test positive for COVID. Now, the good news, my husband and children had been isolating away from me starting on that Wednesday evening when I was feeling all of these symptoms. So our 10-day quarantine officially started on the 16th, and by the 26th, we were, quote-unquote, able to be around each other, and I emerged from the basement where the kids had had gotten to the point of ignoring my calls and passing me off to another family member like mom, call Thomas, Charlotte would say, because she's you know too busy lying in her bed watching YouTube. So it was like, so sorry to inconvenience you, family. I'm trapped down here in the basement. And, and the one plus, much like when your Hector was isolating or quarantining, I did have the space because we have homes large enough where our basement is like a separate living quarter. So right. I can't complain about that. I had the big TV. If I see another one of those Jake from State Farm commercials, I'm going to slit my wrist. <laughs> I was sleeping in a bed, a guest bedroom, and I had a full bathroom. And I even had a full refrigerator down there. And when I would ask to for food to be brought down, it was like they were throwing it down the stairwell. <laughs> and then Dave would say, just keep it down there. Just keep it down there. If my voice trailed up the stairwell, Charlotte would yell from a distance, get back downstairs. I mean, it was like, I felt ostracized. So I, I can relate to all of you who, like yourself, had to change for days, you know, your whole family dynamic because you were trying to keep others safe. Now, gratefully, Charlotte, Dave, and Thomas never had symptoms, nor Great. were they sick. Now, because we were already home for 10 days, and then that rolled into our holiday break, it was much more conducive for us to quarantine because they didn't have to give up a lot of work in school. Charlotte had to miss a couple of basketball games and practices, but ultimately we got through it. I, however, was not myself until well into January. And I, I still don't have the energy level I once did and I have not exercised. And so I went from thinking like, wow, I have a little tone in my arms doing, you know, some hand weights three days a week to now, oh, my arms are flabby again. Oh, well, COVID consequence. <laughs> but did you get like, I mean, did you like having some, not even alone time, but just getting to, because you're always on the go, but just having that time when you started to feel better, watching what you wanted to, not having to share the remote, not have to get in the car and transport children to activity or go to a meeting or get on a Zoom. I mean, did you? I thought I would, but to be honest, the COVID headache is a mm -hmm. real thing. And because I was experiencing it for such a prolonged period, I was just depressed feeling like, you know, my Christmas Eve and Christmas Day are diminished because I had to be in the basement. I came up and sat on the stairwell with a mask and watched the kids open a few presents and that was it. And so our our whole holiday celebration was was uprooted and yeah. we ended up not being able to see my family until the following week, thank God, because I would I would have exposed my parents had I not known. So that was a, a blessing. But here's the crazy thing about it. When you are, and you know this so well, being a former media person, when you are in a circumstance that's 
you know, sad and negative in my case, having COVID people will say, it's like when you're pregnant and people tell you like the horror stories of delivery and you're like, why are you telling me this? When I had, when I first tested positive and, and texted the, the tribe, the immediate, you know, circle of people, including you that I would notify because I wasn't very public about it. There were people that I know and love who were so negative. I mean, telling mm -hmm. me like, well, I know people that have had the COVID headache for six months. I know people that, you know, never are never going to be the same. And I'm just like, you know what? Like, don't pile on me right now because I'm trying right. to stay upbeat and positive about a situation that is scary and is sad. And here's the thing that's so, that is so perfect for me being the food obsessive overeater that I am. I did not lose my sense of taste and smell. So you hear these people like, I lost 20 pounds because I couldn't taste anything. And it's like me. No, I can still taste those Christmas cookies. Kids, put a plate on the stairs for mama. I mean, I could still eat. And so I did lose weight. And then I proceeded once I was out of quarantine to gain it all back and more. So, I mean, it was like, I was like, I've got, I've got to make up for all these lost cookies. <laughs> I was eating sugar cookies, like a, like a, an out of control, you know, Those wild pig. Cause you have to, <laughs> so you have to replenish what you've lost. Right, so that's right. why I, I missed always, out. I missed out. I think the thing is like the shaming, there's so much shaming. So whether people decided to go, I mean, I, as I, I shared before, I, um, my parents, um, were out here for three weeks over the holidays. I shared on my work page, a picture of my kids, three of my kids waiting for them at the airport. And so, you know, and I said, we made the decision that was best for our family because, you know, my parents had said, if they can't see their family, then it's not worth living. Like it, it's not. And I also put in there, you know, I'm not condoning getting together. I'm not condoning traveling. That's I'm saying this is what we did. So the response was, you know, I don't, I didn't post it to get a great response, but the response was very supportive people. I understand other people were very respectful saying, um, well, we're not doing that, but thanks for being transparent. I got this email from this woman and I like, if I could find it, I think I deleted it. I think I deleted it because I'm, I don't even hang on to these nasty emails anymore. But she came after me and told me that you're ridiculous. I can't believe you. Um, here it is. One moment, please, while I give this. She says, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately, there's a, there's a thing called a search bar where yeah. you can pull up all the hate anytime you want to reflect on it. Let me type in hate. She said, promoting the fact you and your parents decided to go ahead and selfishly ignore the guidelines to avoid spreading COVID-19 as a slap in the face to those of us who are once again spending another holiday alone while we await our turn. Now, this woman has come after me multiple times over different topics, and I always try to pacify her. I just try to take the high road. Um, so I write to her. I say, read the post. I promoted nothing. Don't come at me with your hate and dare, uh, judgment. How dare you? You know nothing about me or my family. Like, just stop. That's the problem. It's people, like, don't assume, like, I... 100% believe that we need to think of our neighbors before we think of ourselves in this situation. Okay. 100% believe. My parents flew with like PPE gear on. Mm -hmm. They had goggles. They had masks. After consulting their doctor. After consulting their doctor. They had face shields. They literally wore like five layers of disposable gloves. And anytime that they kept taking a layer off 
They had no symptoms. They had no fever. They were tested before they came. We all had it in my house. We were isolated. We didn't go anywhere. I mean, it was probably a pretty boring visit for them because we never left the house because we were being responsible. So leave the shaming at the door. Now, if you see me out and I'm coughing and I'm at like having a keg party in my garage, then you can come and say something. Then you can pass all the judgment that you want. But it was just, it's the shaming. Because I don't know how you felt. Like, um, because you didn't go public with it, which I appreciate that you did not. Because I was ready. I was thinking, I'm going to have to be her bodyguard because if people come for her, because people would like, well, Tara, how'd you get it? What were you doing? Weren't you wearing a mask? Weren't you wearing, weren't you washing your hands, Tara? Were you having parties? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like people will automatically come for you when you say that you have it. And it's ridiculous. No, I, I appreciate that. And, and so I need to give some more depth and breadth for people to understand. First of all, I do not know how I became positive and acquired COVID. However, from the beginning, I was, I've been very open. I was happy that my children were able to participate in organized sports, both privately and through their schools. And so ultimately when my daughter joined and became, you know, a part of a basketball program, the odds are that one of my children from, from these, you know, this close contact in sports where they don't always wear a mask, they may have picked up COVID inadvertently and had the virus and and not and they were asymptomatic and so we that's all that we can think because my husband is a teacher and he's wearing a mask the whole day at work as are all of his students so the only time that our family is ever in direct contact with individuals that don't both have masks is the short periods when they do the scrimmages at like say a basketball practice so that's most likely the source now as soon as this happened and I then discovered through the test, you know, and it was, I didn't do the rapid test because the doctor that I spoke with said, do not do the rapid test. It's only 80% effective or accurate. So I had to do that test where they do put the swab all the way up the nostril. And I did not enjoy it. It was as horrible as everybody says, because they twisted it five times and counted every twist up your nose. And so I was just grateful that I could get it and I have health insurance and I had access immediately to get the test, but it did take, you know, longer than I would have liked because see, then all day Thursday, Friday, and then not until Saturday did I confirm, but it was nice to have that short stint of la la land where I kept saying, oh, it's probably the 24 hour flu. And then when you test positive, you're like, oh my gosh. I mean, it, you know, you, you embrace the seriousness of it. So immediately I contacted my friend that I had had that lunch with. Her daughter is fearful and knew that her mom and other family members have underlying conditions. So she gets in the car right away, goes and gets the test done and was negative and never had symptoms, thankfully. I mean, because I would have just, I, I would have felt, like you described, horrible because we have been since March trying to put others before our own selfish needs. And so that's why you have not seen your parents. That's why I have not seen my stepdaughters until they were able to come after we were out of quarantine for a period over the holidays. I had not seen them for a year because we had to cancel all of our mm -hmm. travel plans. So, I mean, we've definitely, like many others, like everyone made sacrifices. So then the other lady, my friend, the pregnant woman, I contacted her husband and I said, I feel horrible that I had at some points even pulled my mask down 
when I was sitting next to your wife. And he said, no, they're fine. They did not have COVID and she is a nurse. So she was able to get the vaccine. So I was so happy that they were not alarmed or, or feeling that I did something wrong. But those were the three people that, you know, to be honest, it was tough to reach out to them because I had erred in being as strict as I should have been when I was around them. Mm-hmm. I was a little dis. I'm I'm very disheartened and disappointed at the the thought that the idea that our um, lawmakers, politicians, were getting vaccinated before the residents and nursing homes. That's, oh, I know that was so and surprising. Before our frontline workers, like for for me, everyone in the hospital should be getting that should have should have gotten this first. All of our emergency workers, our EMT, our police officers, our firefighters, yes. getting, the nursing home residents, um, our our mutual friend Denise, who we worked with at a television station, she lives in another country. She lives in Denmark, and she had posted the other day that every single one of um, their nursing home residents, they have nine hundred nursing homes in that country, had been vaccinated. Wow. And you know, this is the same country that they they were on lockdown, I think, for two months strict, and it's the virus is gone. It's been gone from their country. So it's just seeing the selfishness that continues in the United States is still mind blowing to me. It's mind blowing. So um, technically, in my prof- in my new profession, I'm considered, you know, in this higher category. No, I, I please vaccinate these nursing <laughs> these these um, men and women in the nursing homes. It's unbelievable. It's just unbelievable to me. And I have no idea. Like when I saw some of these um, US, you know, Congress people and um, senators getting vaccinated, and I just couldn't believe it. And they were like the first ones. Yeah, it, nothing makes sense. And then the distribution issues that you described. So here's one interesting twist I didn't realize because even though I am constantly perusing Twitter, I guess I missed the point that many young people are so opposed to getting the vaccine that it includes members of my family. My stepdaughters who are 30 and 33 said they absolutely refuse to get the vaccine. One of them would like to have children and said that she is unsure about how it could impact her fertility. The other one said that if her she's a teacher, if her employer were to make her get the vaccine that she would consider like quitting her job. And so I think I was surprised because I forget that the young people that are around us have never been sort of in a bubble with the traditional, just the facts, ma'am news that we grew up with and ultimately Mm -hmm. decided to work within. And so for them, they feel that everything is a conspiracy. Everything is a hoax. Everything is a scam. I mean, and that's how they're conditioned now. And so when they talked about even being concerned that the vaccine would be a way for the government to track you, like almost, you know, this argument that you're hearing the the concept of a chip being injected in you when you get the vaccine, I just laughed. And I guess because we're older and jaded and I said, you know what? I'm already being watched and followed and tracked because I carry my phone with me 24-7. And every time I mention something about, oh, aren't those leggings cute? A thousand ads pop up. So guess what? They're already on to me. <laughs> That's what I own. It's the same people that are saying, you know, they're they're tracking me. No, honey, they're tracking you. That's why whatever you were just Googling on your phone mm-hmm. about looking for like, you know, a new pair of Uggs, that ad just popped up on your Facebook right. page. That's why. 
Like it's right. they literally a social they- dilemma if you want to confirm all of what we're talking about. Right. I mean, it's, it's great. So, but isn't that interesting that my daughters, my stepdaughters are uh, educated individuals. They both have college degrees. They both have master's degrees. So this is not a case where they have been, you know, holed up in a basement playing video games. They are educated working professionals that have dialogue and conversations with many people from many different walks of life. And yet they were so adamant, adamantly opposed to getting the vaccine. So because of that, here's my question to you. Will we be able to go back to a semblance of normal Mm -hmm. if so many people refuse to get the vaccine and then launch legal challenges to everybody who stops wearing a mask because the mandates are going by the wayside. I am no medical expert by any means, okay? But when people became started to become anti-vaccinations, okay, and these are people who are not scientists, they are not doctors by any stretch of the imagination. When they stopped vaccinating their children for mumps and measles, what happened? Mumps and measles came back. I'm looking at you, California. That's mm-hmm. what happened. You know, so I was having an argument with somebody one time and they said, you know, I'm not getting my child vaccinated against polio. They don't, it doesn't even exist anymore. No shit, dumbass. That's because everyone got vaccinated against it. That's, that's, that's the point of it. Like a pardon, like the, the words there, but it's so infuriating. That's why it's not here anymore. Well, and there's some high profile anti-vaxxers, Jenny McCarthy for one. And so when you think about the platform that they're afforded by their pseudo celebrity, what a disservice for her to come out when you're not Dr. Fauci. I mean, come on, you know, we admittedly are very limited on our medical knowledge, but yet we like to, like anybody, think that we know the answers. And the fact is, why do you, many Americans, why do you pick and choose the science that you believe? That's the part that I, I mean, there are people who are embracing climate change, but are afraid to get a vaccination. I, I To me, there's a because it doesn't fit in their narrative, no, and that's, that 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 doesn't follow logic. That's I, I I can't like so when the whole thing with um, Jenny McCarthy came out, and there were top scientists, like the smartest people in the world, saying that um, this doesn't cause this. This th- these vaccinations are safe. We need these vaccinations, and people are like, no, I'm going to listen to Jenny McCarthy. So you're choosing <laughs> the Playboy cover model over some of the smartest scientists who are literally oh, working to keep so us all true. safe. Oh you know, and I'm not trying to, I mean, if you want to go and be on the cover of Playboy, that's your thing, but I'm going with science on this one. Mm, oh, absolutely. And and here's the what we can end on. If you have experienced COVID on any level, and ultimately, you know, if you have loved ones who died as a result of it, our hearts are extended to you. And for me personally, having gone through my own 14 day battle, I, I definitely know that it is serious. It's something we have to continue to be smart and cautious about and, and, and continue to make sacrifices. So, so in no way are we making light of something that impacted both of our families and for some no, people absolutely with not. devastating consequences, but you know, it's just nice to talk about some of the, sort of craziness surrounding 
something that we have all been dealing with top of mind since mm-hmm. March. And just one final thought, uh, the woman, uh, a friend of mine who used to run the COVID clinic here locally, when she knew that we were, we were, you know, dealing with it here in my house, she said, I'm going to tell you the concoction that everybody needs to be taking. This is what they give to the COVID patients to recover quickly and what you can do to prevent it. It's vitamin D, vitamin C, and zinc. Take those three separate vitamins every single day. That's coming Absolutely. from a nurse. It's not, it's, that's the advice from the nurse, not me, because I am not a medical professional. Good but thanks know. so much. And it is. I, I have mean, those on my counter because of of this the good yeah. advice that you shared. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thanks to Rockfit, the OG of gyms, often imitate it, never duplicate it. Head head Pixel over there, check Labs. It out. Yeah, Pixel Labs. Appreciate your skillful production. Have a great week, and thanks for making faith in four letter words a part of your day. <laughs> <laughs>